Welcome to the Living Room Worship Podcast with your host, Crystal Lester. Join me now in my living room so we can explore in a fresh way what worship really looks like in everyday life. Hey, what's up, everybody? It is Crystal, as usual, of course, and I want to welcome you to Living Room Worship. So today I am trying to talk clearly, but also a little lower because I have my beautiful niece and nephew here and I don't want to disturb them as they're sleeping. It has been a crazy busy four months, really, but really a a very busy weekend. And so I'm just now getting the chance to record the episode. Um, But I am super grateful, as always, to be on this podcast and share living room worship. If you're just joining us, welcome. Um, I'm, I'm excited. I have a praise report that I want to share. Um, I was recently looking at the demographics and the analytics of the show, and we have officially reached South Africa, which is awesome. I haven't been there before, but I do plan on going to visit. And so I just want to thank every person who has tuned into the podcast from all over the U.S., And in South Africa, God bless you. Thank you so much. I would love to hear your feedback. Please definitely subscribe, leave a rating, send a message, connect with me on social media. I'd love to to hear what you have to say. Uh, But today I wanted to talk about resolving conflict. Where does worship fit in when we are at odds with our brothers and our sisters, with our, our loved ones, with our spouse, with our best friend, with our parents, our siblings, our um, people in authority? Where does worship fit in? How do we pursue Jesus when it comes to resolving conflict? I'm going to be really painstakingly honest. Conflict is a sore spot for me. Um, as I was when I was a kid, I hated for somebody to be upset with me. I used to write my mom notes and slip it under her door because just the very thought of her being angry with me or being upset or me disappointing her just broke my little heart. And so I've I've never really done well with being at odds with other people. And though I have grown and matured into an adult that is not as easily moved by people's uh, emotions, I understand that emotions are gifts from God, but they're also tools to be used and not abused. It still pricks my heart when I've offended someone um, intentionally or, or unintentionally. Of course, I always aim not to intentionally hurt people. But um, whenever there is conflict in my relationships, it definitely does not sit well with me. Whether I'm at fault or they're at fault, I just want peace and harmony. So coming from a personal standpoint, conflict is difficult. But I've learned over the years that conflict is necessary for growth. Um, If you think about the, the basics of what conflict does, it causes you when you do it correctly It causes you to examine yourself, which is something that we should be doing on a regular basis anyway. And it causes you to grow. It causes you to see things from a different perspective. It causes you to ask questions that you might not have asked before. And I am grateful in hindsight for conflict because it has taught me so many things about myself. It's taught me so many things about my marriage, about my family, about my job, just understanding how to be a better leader how to be a better, a better follower, how to be a better communicator, learning when to speak and when not to speak and how my words and actions affect others. And I think that's really an ultimate goal in being a follower of Christ is learning how to 
walk in, in his footsteps. He was such a, a graceful person. That does not mean that he didn't offend. Christ came to offend on purpose. He came to offend religion. He came to offend the, the legalism of faith and uh, religious acts and, and really bring people into relationship with him. And so it's it's a necessary part of life, but there is purpose in it and we can miss it if we are so focused like like I've been most of my life. So focused on just getting along because a lot of times if we're being honest, we will bend where we should be straight because we want to get along and we will sacrifice truth for uh, we'll sacrifice truth and obedience for complacency, for um, a false sense of peace. Um, but I don't want to get too ahead of myself. Um, I want to kind of touch on two points when it comes to resolving conflict and where worship fits in there. The first being that we tend to trick ourselves into believing that if we are offended by something, that if we don't say anything, that it'll blow over. You know, there's that saying that time heals all wounds. I don't agree with that. I don't really think that that's biblical because people can be angry for a long time. And when we don't address things that are happening, when we don't address things that are bothering us, we are not only giving room for things to fester, but we're literally going against biblical principles. So for example, in Hebrews 12, 14 through 15, it says, strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. What is that saying? It's saying that if you fail to give the grace of God, if you fail to exemplify the grace of God, meaning extending that hand, bridging that gap, reaching out to people, confessing, you know, whatever it is that might be on your heart. Like the Bible literally tells us that when we have an art with our brother, when we have a, a problem with our brother, we should lay down our sacrifice before going to worship and, and make things right. That is what the Bible literally says. And so uh, this scripture, this passage in Hebrews is talking about that we need to make sure that people see and obtain the grace of God so that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble. So from a personal standpoint, what I used to do is I would be upset. I'd be offended and I would think, well, you know, it's really not that big of a deal. I should just leave it alone and not say anything because I didn't want to deal with the repercussions of it. You know how sometimes you'll deal with people where if you tell them that they offended you, then they get mad. <laughs> and I can't talk about anybody because I think everybody kind of has those moments where they get mad because it's, it's embarrassing and it's and it's hurtful to think that you've offended someone. You know, I think sometimes that kind of marks you really caring and you don't want to be wrong. Nobody likes to be wrong. I'm a firm believer. Nobody enjoys being the, the person who did something wrong. It's humanly innate for us to dislike that feeling. And so um, sometimes people will go straight into defense mode and you don't want to deal with that. You don't want to deal with being argued with. You don't want to deal with. I won't say you, but you know who you are. Sometimes people don't want to deal with being argued with or being told how they're wrong or all of these different things. Like people don't want to deal with that. And so they will just avoid it. They'll bury it. They'll squash it. They'll talk themselves out of it and be like, oh, you know, 
it's not that that big of a deal but in the back of their minds they they still feel it they still hear those those words oh they did this they made me feel this way they start to draw back and they don't want to hang out as much they don't want to talk as much they don't trust as much and it really gives way to bitterness and it causes trouble it causes division and that is something that will harm our relationships. It will hinder us from living in harmony for living in peace. Like Hebrews at the beginning of that passage says to strive for peace with everyone. It's really hard to do that when in back of your mind, you're feeling bitter toward that person or, or you have resentment toward that person because of some unresolved conflict. To kind of dive deeper into the scripture I mentioned earlier, Matthew 5, 24, it says, leave your gift there before the altar and go first be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. In the believer's commentary, it says, if a person offends another, whether by anger or any other cause, there is no use in his bringing a gift to God. The Lord will not be pleased with it. The offender should first go and make the wrong right. Only then will the gift be acceptable. Even though these words are written in the Jewish context, that does not mean there is no application today. Paul interprets this concept in relation to the Lord's Supper. God receives no worship from a believer who is not on speaking terms with one another. Now that really cuts deep because I know that it says in this particular version of a commentary that the offender should first go and absolutely the offender should first go but half the time offenders may not even know that they offended and so at that point if they don't know it's still the responsibility of the offended person to communicate in in a non-aggressive way but just say hey you know you did this and it offended me because half the time when I'm in those situations and I'm offended I'm offended all by all by myself and the offender is living their best life, having a great time. And I'm over here mad and they just living their life. And you you could be mad for weeks at somebody. And it's exhausting. It really, really is. Not to mention, God is not receiving your, your prayers. You know, God is not going to hold them accountable for what they don't even know. If they offended you and you know that they offended you, but you refuse to say something because of pride, that's really what it is. We get prideful. And think, oh, I can get over it. I can handle it. Uh, I don't. I don't want to be embarrassed if they call me out or or say that the, that it's wrong. I I don't want them to look at me like I'm, you know, I'm overly emotional. Like we have emotions, and if we get offended by something, all we have to do is communicate it. We don't have to make a big scene of it. And and listen to me when I say I get it. I know sometimes it can be really hard to be vulnerable and let somebody know that they have hurt you it means that they they got under your skin in some kind of way and that's a hard thing to do but it's a biblical necessity because it hinders our worship when we don't it's directly connected to worship if we're going to the altar and we're not on speaking terms with our brother or sister it causes a problem for us to really engage in worship and that's why this topic is so important when we're talking about worship and in, in everyday life we cannot possibly engage in a, in a lifestyle of pursuing Christ if we are not in a good place with our brothers and sisters. Does that mean everything has to be perfect right now? You got to 
drop what you're doing, call up somebody and expect everything to be, you know, rainbows and sunshine. No, it's a heart posture. It is humbling yourself and working at it. Sometimes it's requiring a step here and a step there every day. You chipping away at it. It's about the heart. God looks at the heart and he knows the work that you're putting in. And if you try and it's not reciprocated, you've tried it. You've you've done what you could. You've done your part and you can just trust that God will do the rest. And so that's a really big portion of making sure that we resolve conflict because we don't want to hinder our worship. God desires for us to live in peace and in harmony with one another. So the second part of that, you know, aside from hindering our worship when we don't resolve conflict I believe that it stunts our growth as people I will speak from a personal perspective Uh, over the last couple weeks I've been learning and growing in my marriage as I have been for nearly three years well four years of, of knowing my husband and if anybody listening is married or in a serious relationship um or or have a close relationship where you have to be in close quarters with another person, then you know how difficult it can be at times to communicate. And so these last few weeks, my husband and I have been learning yet again, the art of communication. And there was a situation where he was offended by something that I did. And he let me know, he was very direct. He let me know, hey, I don't like that you did this and I would like for you to not do it again. And my flesh immediately went into defense mode. Like, how are you going to tell me that you don't like what I did? My, don't you know what my intentions were? My intentions were not at all to offend you. Like, I think that it should be okay that I did this particular thing. And I was talking to him and he was just like, I mean, I understand what you're saying, but the bottom line is that I don't want you to do that anymore. And I had, I just got off the phone. I was just like, you know what? I, I don't want to argue anymore. And I was just like, I'll, I'll talk to you later. And I was sitting there talking to God, trying to reason with him on why I had the right to be irritated. And the more I kept talking it out and trying to put myself in my husband's shoes, the more I kept thinking to myself, wow, I really don't have a leg to stand on. <laughs> because if I were in his shoes, I would probably, I, I would feel justified in feeling offended. Like I can't tell him how to feel his feelings. And the fact of the matter is that regardless of my the innocence of my intentions my actions offended my husband and I have to honor and respect the fact that number one he's my husband and I submit to him but number two I had to humble myself and accept that just because my actions were not um, performed in an ill manner they were still offensive to someone that I love and if the bible the bible instructs us to be careful not to bring people into sin by our actions you know sin as Paul defines it is something that you feel wrong for doing and so what I feel wrong for doing you might not feel wrong for doing Um, but at the end of the day all of us are individually accountable to the Lord for our actions and so if my intentions are good and the Lord sees my intentions but I do something that my husband finds offensive and I ignore that. I don't address that. And I allow discord or bitterness to try to take root in my marriage. I'm at fault. And not only am I hindering my worship, but I'm also stunting my growth as a person to really humble myself and take a look 
at myself to say, okay, where can I grow in this area? Am I being stubborn? Am I being prideful? Do I just want to be right? And it's important for us to look at that when we resolve conflict. Are we afraid of being wrong? Are we afraid of being humble? That's a real thing that we have to look at. There have been plenty of times where I have opted to be right instead of being reconciled. And in the end, God had to discipline me. And it's not fun when he has to discipline you. It's always better when he can give you that nudge and you can say, oh, you know, let me humble myself. I'm sorry, Lord. And so um, I just it was really impressed upon my heart to talk about resolving conflict because of the, the little conflicts that I've been going through in my marriage, just learning how to submit. Being a wife can be very challenging that I believe God was very strategic in that command for husbands to love their wives and wives to submit to their husbands because I'm just keep it real with you guys. You know, we in the living room, we can be open and honest um, as a woman, especially as a as a strong and, and entrepreneurial woman. I'm used to being in leadership. I'm used to making decisions. And so to have to take a step back and submit, you know, and and, and run things by my husband and um, not just do what I feel like doing and heeding to his uh, leadership can be hard to my flesh. Oh, it is like sandpaper on my skin sometimes. Um, and he is a wonderful leader. He is He's not an authoritative person at all, but he's definitely a strong leader. And it definitely pricks my pride. And, it, and I have to constantly humble myself. I have to constantly consider how I've offended him, even if it, if it makes sense. You ever offend somebody and you're just like, how did I offend you? Like, I did everything right. I, I did what made sense in that situation. And somehow you figured out a way to be offended. Even if it makes no sense that that person is offended, we as followers of Christ are still obligated to make peace for them, make peace with them. The Bible says that, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. That's Matthew 5, 9. That is being like Christ. That's being it's like, you know, like like father, like son, like father, like daughter. God reaches out. He's always coming after us. He chases after us. He is that that good shepherd that brings in. He will leave the 99 and go after that one, even if we turn around and stray. And so to be like him. We we ought to make peace with other people. You know, it doesn't take a whole lot. It, it takes our pride, but it doesn't cost us anything to go and say, hey, did I offend you? You know what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I offended you. It wasn't my intention. What can I do to, to make things better? And we have to constantly struggle with that sense of pride in saying, well, you know, I did things right. OK, maybe you were right. But God desires for us to be reconciled. And trust me, I know that that is difficult sometimes. I know how frustrating that can be. Because if you're anything like me, you try and you try and you try. And you could do everything right. And it just still seems like it's not enough. It's frustrating. I get it. But being reconciled, being in harmony, that's what the goal is always. That's what God wants out of us. 
So what if we go to try to correct things with a brother or, this, or a sister and they don't want anything to do with us or they're not in a place to hear us or to forgive? The Bible says in Romans twelve twenty, to the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. I would never forget when I first heard that verse. And it, it sounds so vicious, like uh, I'm going to burn his head. Like what? <laughs> but no, see, that's not what this is about. The scripture, according to this commentary in my believer's commentary in verse 20, it says Christianity goes beyond non-resistance to active benevolence. It does not destroy its enemies by violence, but converts them by love. It feeds the enemy when he is hungry and satisfies his thirst, thus heaping live coals, coals of fire on his head. If the live coal treatment seems cruel, it is because it is idiomatic expression and is not properly understood. To heap live coals on a person's head means to make him ashamed of his hostility by surprising him with unconventional kindness. I love that description right there to, to heat these coals. It is basically just putting the heat on them. You're, you're, it's, it's like that saying to kill them with kindness. You're not killing them as a person, but you're you're killing that pride. You're killing that flesh. You're making them reflect within because the first thing that someone is going to do, if you continue to show them love, it, it goes against what they're expecting. When you're upset with somebody, people expect for you to be mean, to be bitter, to be angry. But if you are extending love, genuine love, not being fake and phony, but genuinely loving them, not only does that exemplify a peace and a freedom in your own self, but it also challenges them to look at themselves and think, well, why am I acting this way? Why would you be nice to me if I've been so mean or hostile toward you? And what it does is create an opportunity for you to point them to Christ. And that's really what the point of all of this is. God wants us to be in harmony because that is his language. That's that's what he designed us to do. He wants us to be in harmony with one another. Uh, the Bible constantly talks about striving to live in peace with one another. He wants us to live in peace with him and he wants us to live in peace with one another. That's why the two greatest commandments is to love God with everything you have and to love others as you love yourself. It's, it's all about love. It's all about exemplifying the love of Christ. And so when you do this, when you when you show kindness in place of the evil that might be shown toward you, you're showing them God because that's what God does to us. I'll be the first to say, as I, if I, as I've said in past episodes, when I'm mad at God, I'm mad at him. I don't feel like praying. I don't feel like talking. I don't feel like reading my Bible. I don't feel like going to church because I'm upset. I've been offended by the one who makes no mistakes. How crazy is that? Right. But even in that, he allows me to feel my feelings and he will still extend love and extend grace, even though he's not wrong. How, how crazy is that? Right. And for us to be Christ like, that's what we're called to do. Because God does that with us when we're upset with him. God is God. He's sovereign. He is all powerful. It is impossible for him to lie. He is not 
a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. He is infallible. That is what belief in God is about. So if we believe these things about God, who's all powerful, who does no wrong, who lives outside of time, who has created everything, this this great and powerful God. And if we get mad at him because we feel like he's offended us in some way, it could just mean that his plans hurt our feelings because we had our own plans. So in the factual side of that, he's not wrong, but God is so good and so kind that he still shows us kindness and shows us love and gives us the peace and the space to be able to feel our feelings and then accepts us with open arms. If we turn our backs on him, if we end up being the ones who turn away, he'll come after us. He'll he'll go out of his way to say, hey, I love you. I, I want to be in relationship with you. I know that your feelings are hurt, but I promise you, I'm not going to withhold any good thing from my loved ones. I want to bless you. I want to keep you and being like that with one another, that's exemplifying God. That's worship. That's pursuing Christ. A wise friend of mine once told me, she got married um, about a year before I got married. And she once told me, she said, Crystal, whenever you are dealing with struggle, especially in your marriage and you're dealing with conflict, don't respond like Crystal, respond like Jesus. And I've never forgotten those words because oftentimes I find myself having crystal right on my lips ready to just let it all out I tell people all the time the best part about me is Christ because crystal is a hot mess but I thank God that Jesus is is so much stronger than crystal and I thank God that I'm able to do my best to die every day sometimes my flesh still rise up but I thank God that uh, the Bible is is written in my heart and it comes out of my mouth because my flesh be ready to respond in a very ugly way. But God gives us wisdom to be able to speak like him. And Jesus is just the, the mastermind of responding in, in wisdom. And so I think that that part is important because it, it really causes us to grow as people. And it causes us to be blessed. It causes us to be identified as sons of God, as daughters of God. When we resolve conflict, God desires for us to live in harmony with one another. That is his way. That's his will. That's what heaven looks like in the earth is when we are in harmony with one another, because that's what we'll spend eternity doing. And so um, I really hope that that helps somebody if you're dealing with conflict if you're dealing with a problem, um, I definitely want to pray with you. If you ever feel like you want to reach out, like I said, my social media, um, you can inbox me. You can um, send me a message, send me an email, go to my website. I love to pray with you. I can be a listening ear. I know conflict can be difficult and be frustrating and exhausting, but I'm here to tell you that no matter the conflict, God is really faithful He's really faithful to do a work in you to help you to be more like him and to do a work in others as he uses you in an, as an example. And that is biblical when we resolve conflict. Don't hold it in. Don't allow bitterness to take root. Really embrace the fact that God is faithful to help you be a peacemaker.
I want to live like you guys. Won't you teach me all the way? Oh, I long to live like you guys. Please teach me all your way. I want to live like you guys. Please teach me all the way. Teach me to respond like you, Jesus. Lord, please teach me to respond like you, Jesus. Not my will, but yours be done on earth as it is. Not my will, but yours be done. Oh, in earth as it is in heaven. I know your will is that we live in harmony with each other. Oh, oh teach us to live.
passion, Lord, and patience with one another. Oh God, teach me to respond like you in every situation. Oh, give me wisdom to respond like you in every situation, every situation. Oh, teach me to respond like you in every situation. Yeah, yeah. Soften our hearts, Lord. Soften our hearts, Lord, permeate our souls. All the hard places, all the dry places, make them malleable, Jesus. Oh, permeate my soul, Lord, have your way. Oh, I desire for you to have your way, Jesus. I desire for you to have your way, Jesus. Breathe.
that you would cover every person listening in this moment God conflict can be hard it can be frustrating it can be discouraging and I pray oh God that you would just deal with the heart of those listening that you would help us to respond like you in situations where we want to respond like us give us the courage and the peace of mind and the and the wisdom to respond like you to be compassionate to be understanding to be forgiving And I pray that you would um, mend broken hearts, oh God, that you would reconcile us one to another, that you would give our our hearts peace about situations that we're unclear of, oh Lord, that you would give us direction. And I pray, oh God, that you would just restore family, restore friendships, oh Lord, that you would um, help us to resolve conflict in a way that exemplifies heaven. Because life is just too short to hold grudges. Life is too short to be angry all the time, God. We just set aside unrighteous anger right now. And we ask that you would cover us with your peace. Cover us with your love and compassion. Help us to be more like you in this moment. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Hey love, thank you so much for tuning in. I want to connect with you. Find me on social media at Crystal Luster. That's spelled Christ, A-L-L-U-S-T-E-R. So we can support each other in this life journey. And please leave a review for my podcast. I truly value your support. Until next time, say it with me. I am loved. I am destined for greatness. And I have the capacity to worship intimately. Have an amazing week. I'll catch you next time.